And I'm Tai Seifu. And today we celebrate one of the greatest holidays that everyone hates, Daylight Savings. We have the longest day of the year, November 1st, because we turned back our clocks and everyone seems to be yelling that this is the worst thing, the worst invention, and it's time to get rid of it. And they're not wrong. But, you know, I just, I have a hard time getting very worked up about it. It's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of keeps people on their toes, I find. I I'm not such a big anti-daylight savings person. You probably are, since most people are. Well, yeah. But that's the thing, right? It, it, there's, a, there's a good side to it, and there's a bad side to it. And I would argue that the fall version, where, you know, you turn back the clocks, I would argue that's the bright side of things. Because what happens is you get an extra hour, right? Uh, and so I woke up at like 11 o'clock, or what usually would be 11 o'clock, and then I realized it's only 10 o'clock. And so, you know, it's, it's a great feeling. But then you contrast with the fact that you didn't really get a free hour. You actually paid that hour six months ago, or you'll pay it in six months uh, during the spring when you lose that hour. And so, uh, you know, it, it's really, it, it's a break even in the end. And so given that fact, I don't understand why we do it. Uh, frankly, it just messes everybody up, especially during the spring. And so uh, what's the point? I don't really understand. Uh, it's called daylight saving time, but you're not really saving any daylight, to be totally honest, because there's still the same number of hours of sunlight. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't quite understand what the point of this, uh, you know, quote unquote holiday is. But uh, yes, I, you're right on this one. I do object to it. And uh, let's let's abolish this thing. You know, I think you're I think you're looking at it the wrong way. You're looking at it like, yeah, it feels good now, but we're just saying down the road and I think in March, then it's, it's going to come back to haunt us. But I think what really is happening is in March, we said, all right, we're going to lose this hour now and we're going to you know feel the pain right now, but it'll all be worth it in November when we gain the hour. So I think you're saying the bad thing's the bad thing comes second when in reality, the bad part really comes first. And right now we're experiencing the payoff. Well, I don't really think about it as if it comes first or second. Either way, you know, you just said the bad part, it will pay off six months down the road. I hardly think, you know, it doesn't pay off though. We, we gain an hour, uh, which we lost in March. Like it, it, that's the thing. If there was a tangible benefit that I obtained uh, overall, if this was not a zero sum game, I would be fine with it. But the problem is, I'm not getting anything out of this. I don't even get that extra hour. I don't get an extra second. Uh, I, I lost the hour in March. And so, and I'll never get that hour back. Oh, wait. No, I get that hour back in November, but I get nothing more. So, uh, you know, it's an investment with like zero yield. And so, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't like it so much. I don't like it so much. You know, no. like, why don't we keep it steady the whole time? And plus, whatever. The thing is, I always got that paranoia when it comes to daylight saving time, especially the, the couple days or the day after it happens. That, you know, uh, whoever was organizing an event, if I do have an event or a school day or something like that, that they didn't take into account daylight saving time. They forgot and everything goes to shit. So, you know, has that ever happened? Not really. But, uh, you know, the, the risk is always there. Uh, and so let's 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 take away that risk. Let's take away daylight saving time. Uh, so we don't have to pay that price in March. As someone who experienced a 25-hour birthday last year thanks to daylight savings, I'm surprised you'd be so opposed to it. And you might have one. In fact, there's a pretty good chance you'll have one again at some point in the future thanks to the placement of your birthday. But uh, I guess it, I guess it shows to, goes to show your your selfless nature that that you wouldn't be so selfish so as to say we must keep daylight savings so that you can have one extra hour of birthday once every many years. That's right. I'm ca I'm not campaigning on behalf of my birthday. Uh, I am campaigning on behalf of everybody else, uh, for everybody who suffers under the, the oppressive rule of daylight saving time. 
so this is November 1st. It's our first episode of November. Oh, yeah. I think I mentioned this. I thought of this this morning. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this exact same thing last year. Uh, the comedian Michael McIntyre, who had a, a really funny bit that I that I constantly think of, um, where he talked about how people spend the month of November doing two things. And the first thing is saying, I can't believe how dark it is outside. Look outside. Look how dark it is. Can you believe how dark it is? And saying, I can't believe it's November. Can you believe it's November? I simply can't believe it's November. Yeah, I can't believe how accurate that is. Holy shit. Um, yeah, I spent the first few hours of November talking about how I couldn't believe it was November. So, uh, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really did do that. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, you know, you know, I think it's kind of like, you know, like the second last month is when it really starts to dawn on people that the year is almost done. And, you know, like August, September, October, like you just, you don't, you don't think of that as much. And then November feels like it came up out of nowhere all the time. Yeah. Especially the fact that like, we've been in quarantine for like how many months now? Like eight, almost eight eight. months. So yeah, but assuming that we're going to finish this 2020 off in quarantine, that's like 75% of the year in quarantine. And since like, yeah, we talked about it before, how time doesn't really flow uh, correctly in quarantine. Uh, It's just, you know. It doesn't feel like we've been in quarantine since March. You know, it's kind of weird. And so uh, I think this year in particular, that I can't believe it's November thing. I think it applies even more because, uh, yeah, it's still it's still like part of me kind of still feels like we're in like March, but not March, March, but like maybe like uh, like June, July, August, you know, because it's it doesn't feel like it's been eight months in quarantine. But at the same time, it's been forever. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it goes to show time doesn't work anymore. It's just everything's broken. Yeah, well, I guess now that we're six minutes into this episode, we can start talking about hockey, and we'll, we should start with some pretty bad news concerning the Arizona Coyotes' fourth-round pick, which is actually their first pick of the draft, Mitchell Miller, whose rights they have recently renounced, not because they learned about his incident, if we want to put it kindly, that has been you know ongoing as he not only bullied, the word everyone using is bullied, this is about the worst degree of bullying that there is uh, i think you might have listened to the steve dangle podcast adam wilde called it torture and i think that's the appropriate word to use he tortured isaiah meyer crothers a black disabled boy throughout many many years and the everyone seems to or the age that everyone is citing is 14 but this didn't only happen when they when he was 14 it happened before that it happened after that uh isaiah meyer crothers mother sent a letter to the Arizona Coyotes after they drafted Mitchell Miller, saying, are you aware this went on for years? Are you aware that there was another boy involved with this, not just Mitchell? And he apologized, and Isaiah forgave him, and Mitchell did not apologize. So I, when I was first doing draft research, like I, so I, I learned about Mitchell Miller, and I said, oh, this guy seems like someone who could probably go in the second round. And then as I you know, dug a little deeper... Uh, into all these players, I find this, and I didn't find explicit details like we know now. All I found was, you know, very vague stuff like, oh, he did some really bad things to a disabled classmate. And I was like, hmm, that kind of sounds like the thing where more details are going to resurface at some point. And obviously, all the teams knew exactly what he did, including the Coyotes. And in fact, the Coyotes, when John Chaco was still um, was still employed by the team before he left, they scratched him off their draft list, as did TSN reported at least one third of the other teams around the NHL. Probably more. I would assume, I would hope more than just one third scratched him off their list. And at some point between then and um, and the draft, the Coyotes put him back on their list and said, you know, 
we don't have our top three draft picks because we traded our first and third away and we lost our second rounder for cheating. Uh, if you forgot about that and our for the first next year, but anyway, so we might have to, you know, swing for the fences a little here in the fourth round and put our morals aside to take Mitchell Miller. I mean, obviously the Arizona Coyotes with the cheating scandal and with, you know, the, I don't know, Ekman Larson stuff, it's been an off ice disaster for them. Worse than the, even the Ottawa Senators a couple years ago. And this is the worst of it for sure. This is the worst of it. Uh, it's, it's, you know, they're trying to save yourself now by renouncing his rights. No, nothing changes for me and how I look at the Arizona Coyotes. And we know what they were going to do. They were going to team up with the University of North Dakota, where Mitchell Miller was going to play this offseason. Uh, not sorry, this coming season. And they were going to team up with him and make Mitchell Miller the face of an anti-bullying campaign. How? That's in such poor taste. I can't even imagine. And then they're like, you know, everyone seems to hate us for taking a, a racist tormentor. So I guess we're just going to renounce his rights to try and save face, but not actually because we we want to. Because if we really didn't want him on our team, we wouldn't have drafted him. We wouldn't have wasted our fourth round pick. Yeah, I mean, it's completely disgusting uh, on both sides with, with Mitchell Miller or the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, it's just it, the situation is completely absurd. Uh, and so, yeah, Arizona, I mean, yeah, it's obvious that this is this move to renounce his rights is purely reactionary. And so I refuse to give any sort of kudos to them uh, for taking any sort of action. If they were, you know, like it's it's it's, you know, it's common sense. They should not have drafted the guy at all to begin with. And it's clear that, yeah, they didn't want to renounce his rights initially. I mean, you talk about uh, when this this news kind of sort of broke. This was around six days ago uh, when the story really started to come out. What was Arizona's first response? They said that they were not going to renounce his draft rights. And they the, they defended him. Uh, from what I recall, Bill Sullivan like, spoke about his character or something in a press conference. Uh, and you well, know, Bill Armstrong. And, or B- Bill Armstrong, sorry. Uh, and who, who's their new general manager. And so, you know, it's clear and obvious that... They, they didn't want to renounce the guy, and the only reason they did so was because of the public pressure, and rightfully so, the public pressure uh, called for him to, uh, you know, for his draft rights to be renounced, because it, it's just, it's so disgusting. It's it's completely disgusting, and the fact that Arizona drafted him as all, at all is, you know, because they knew. They knew what happened, because it's, to- it's been reported that Mitchell Miller sent a letter acknowledging what he did to the teams. He didn't, he didn't apologize to Isaiah Myers Brothers, but he did send it. He did send a letter uh, to the teams explaining what happened, and I, I guess he apologized. So clearly, uh, Mitchell Miller is is self serving a hundred percent, and feels and it's been this guy doesn't feel any sort of remorse. Uh, he had a trial for this incident because it went because you know it's a criminal thing. Uh, you look at what he did to uh, Isaiah, and it's it's criminal. It's fucking criminal. It's not just bullying. It's it's a criminal act. All right. I'm frankly surprised this guy is not in jail. Because that shit is disgusting, all right? It's completely disgusting. And so, yeah. And the judge said, I feel that this young man feels no remorse whatsoever. And so, you know, we're talking about that. this person with this kind of history, with this, with this kind of action, who still feels no sort of remorse, should, should not be really uh, any sort of functioning member of society, uh, let alone a fucking professional hockey player. And so for Arizona to see this, and to, to say, you know what, uh, we have our, our highest pick in the draft, the fourth round pick. We're going to spend it on this kid. Uh, it's, 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 it's unforgivable. It's disgusting. And yeah, it's just an offseason, a horrible offseason off ice for Arizona. And this really is, you know, it's not just the cherry on top of the Sunday. It's the main part of the Sunday because it's, it's the worst thing. And, uh, you know, 
this this guy shouldn't Mitchell Miller should not have been drafted. As simple as that. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 disgusting to see the stories uh, and to see that Arizona thought it was the right thing to go ahead and draft the kid. In that trial you mentioned, reportedly he apologized to his parents and to his sister for all the trouble he caused them and didn't apologize to Isaiah. And of course, you know, later on, he apologized to all the NHL teams and of course did nothing to them and still didn't apologize to Isaiah. So that kind of puts things in perspective. And even if he did apologize now, and even if it got out that he apologized, like it doesn't mean anything at this point because it would obviously be similar to the Coyotes renouncing his rights, very reactionary. And I have a very hard time believing it would be sincere at this point. And I, I don't know if you saw his sister, who's his twin sister actually came out with some sort of, I don't know, notes app apology, even though, you know, it wasn't her who saying things like, Oh, my brother's, nice my brother isn't racist we have black friends which is of course is you know the the buzzword to all the if you have black friends you simply cannot be racist simply impossible right so she deleted it pretty quickly after you know on the rightfully on the receiving end of a lots of uh, a lot of jokes and people like to spin this into discussion about like cancel culture and second chances like oh here's the thing about second chances is that they should be earned at least a little bit, at least a little bit. And first of all, nobody deserves inherently a chance to get drafted into the NHL and sign a contract and play for an NHL team. All right. So to, to act as though Mitchell Miller, you know, just deserves uh, because he just does to play for the Arizona Coyotes. It makes absolutely no sense because he hasn't gone through any steps he hasn't shown any remorse he hasn't earned a second chance at all and the Arizona Coyotes and the NHL as a whole are not at all equipped to help make somebody better make them not a bully anymore make them not racist anymore the NHL is probably the least equipped or among the very least equipped systems to get rid of racism in people so that's why it's great that Mitchell Miller won't be playing in the NHL uh hopefully he never plays in the NHL and um, because he doesn't deserve to, he doesn't deserve a second chance because he hasn't shown any remorse. Yeah, not not just because he hasn't shown any remorse. I mean, just the level of the actions that he took is just, it's, I mean, this guy, frankly, I'll say it again, this guy should be in jail um, because what he did is, I mean, it's just, it's, it's beyond disgusting. I mean, it's, it's fucking criminal. That's what it is. And uh, yeah. So, first of all, he doesn't deserve any criminal ch- uh, second chances. Uh, and, even and you know, I would argue that maybe he doesn't deserve a second chance even if he did show uh, some sort of remorse. Uh, but, to top it all off, he clearly doesn't show any sort of remorse. And so, I fail to see how anybody, anybody as a bystander of this situation feels any sort of sympathy for the guy. Because, frankly, he's just a scumbag. Um, he bullied a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he bullied a black disabled kid. And that's such a, that's so repugnant to, to think that's, I mean, to even do that at all. It's, it's, it's beyond me, right? I can't even comprehend, uh, how he thought, how, how, why, why he would do that. Well, you know, I'm not even going to get into it, but, uh, yeah, he, you know, if maybe, maybe there would be a conversation for second chances or whatnot, if he really showed that remorse, but it's clear that he doesn't, he doesn't, it's as simple as that. And so, you know, you can go fuck off. I don't want to. I don't want to see his name ever again. All right, uh, because uh, yeah, total shitbag in a league that, uh, frankly, does not deal with racism, as you said very well, and who has, you know, notably, uh, you know, a, a culture that is still quite racist. I mean, this is this is completely over the top. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I've seen the comments on Twitter uh, and they're like, oh, cancel culture, you know, give this guy a second chance. And I, you know, that's 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 another huge part of the problem. Right. Uh, a bunch of people defending the guy thinking, you know, poor him. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's something, as we said before, we need to address uh, as part of, yeah, hockey culture. But uh, just this action as a whole, you know, as in a vacuum, just Mitchell Miller. Uh, it's yep. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to ever see him in any any sort of uh, North American pro hockey uh, context ever again. Uh, I hear he might go to the KHL, uh, and you know, the KHL is the KHL. I mean, they have a history of taking the NHL's trash, uh, not just in terms of talent, but also people. People wise, uh, they've employed a number of terrible people. Uh, who have left the NHL because of uh, their poor actions. And so, you know, I'm not too surprised uh, that the KHL is doing that, but I don't want to ever see him in North American hockey ever again. Yeah, I don't know. I think that might have been more of a joke if we're referencing the same thing. But, oh, oh, I guess, you know, he seems like the kind of player who would go off to the KHL. I don't think there's actually anything in, in place for that right now. Obviously, who's to say in the future? But, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen, like, this coming season or anything. Anyway... I think it might be time to move on to slightly more fun news, including the Dallas Stars New Jersey, which looks like it glows in the dark. I'll be honest, when I first saw this pop up on the TL, I didn't register it as like actually a new like a you're like you're going to wear this. I thought I don't know I don't know if it was like fan, some weird fan-made art or if it was like oh we're just going to sell these as like a funny accessory, but like they actually plan on wearing these as alternate jerseys. And I, I, what I said to you before the show was, these look all right by themselves. Maybe it's like decorations in like, you know, a club or something. But to wear them on the ice in a hockey game, totally ridiculous. I expect, like I'm trying to envision it in my head and I'm like, I don't understand. Like I couldn't watch that. It would just be, it would be painful to my eyes. It's a terrible jersey. <laughs> I mean, look. This is this is their third jersey, right? So uh, you know, normally teams don't really wear their third. Do the Habs have a third jersey? Uh, if uh, they no, do, they don't. I no, they don't. Okay, so most teams explains. do, but the Habs don't. Okay, so you know, uh, how often do you see these jerseys? Maybe once or twice a year. But those once or twice a year, I cannot wait. It, it will be must-watch television, <laughs> uh, which is which is a statement for the Dallas Stars uh, because uh, you know I can't wait to see these on the ice. I saw I saw these the first, and yeah. Frankly, did not process that. Holy shit, we're going to be seeing these on the ice. I Yeah, when I first saw it, absolutely. I had exactly the same reaction. It seems like the kind of thing, like it's a promotional thing, you know? Like, look at our cool jerseys. We're not going to wear them, but we're going to sell them on the site. And you can buy them and, yeah, hang them up in your club. Uh, and, and that'll be very cool. But, uh, no, these are our third. These are the third jerseys. Um, I mean, the first impression I think of, this reminds me of one of those uh, custom jerseys that you can make uh, on, like, NHL 2K whatever. Uh, like mm, yeah. 2021 or whatever, or NHL 21. Uh, this looks exactly it. Like I had, um, you know, I've, I, yeah, you know, you look at, you look at uh, custom jerseys. This is exactly it. They're all neon, bright colors, whatever. And frankly, they all look terrible on the ice. And uh, I, I don't expect this will be any different. Uh, and uh, so in that case, you know, is this maybe it's a marketing success? Is it a bad jersey? Absolutely, it's a bad jersey. But maybe it's a marketing success. Think about it. How often do we talk about third jerseys? I mean, uh, especially, you know, a few months down the road when they actually show up in a game. I think we'll be talking about this one for months to come, especially when we finally do see it on the ice. And so uh, in that sense, you know, maybe we do have to give the Dallas Stars some credit, their marketing team some credit, because it's, frankly, this is very marketable. I mean, probably one of the most disgusting jerseys in NHL history is, is quite marketable, I must say. And I, I'm sure they're going to sell a bunch of these. Uh, because, you know, if you ask me, a neutral third party 
uh, when it comes to Dallas. Uh, what jersey I'm going to buy? I'm not buying their green one. I'm not buying their white one. I'm buying their black and neon green one. Uh, so, you know, uh, in that sense, you know, it's, I mean, it's hilarious. That's what it is. And so it kind of feels like a joke. Uh, I can't tell if they're really taking it seriously, if they're trying to make this a presentable jersey on the ice, because it's not. Uh, but, uh, you know, you could sell some of these. You could absolutely sell some of these. And then, like, 10 years, it'll be a novel thing. Like, oh, shit, you got one of them, them neon green jerseys from Dallas? That's pretty dope. So, uh, you know, I-, I think there's an upside to this. I don't think it's all bad. Yeah, you know what these jerseys remind me of? Are the jerseys from the All-Star Games every year. I think it kind of looks like true. that. Right, it could have been like the neon on the back. I'm like, hmm, I feel like the all they kind of do something, maybe not quite this bright, but something similar pretty much every year. And whether or not we like it or not, uh, props to whoever designed it for trying something new, coming up with something different, you know. Because I mean, you know, hockey is we oftentimes, you know, or most sports or a lot of sports actually, we say that you know, too traditional, too, you know, afraid to step out of their comfort zone and try something new. So even something small like a jersey with some neon on it. Like, we can give props to that for, you know, going out of their comfort zone a bit and seeing if people are going to like it. Most people don't, but at least they tried. Yeah, and, and I just want to point something out. The color scheme is bad enough on, as it is for, for, for a jersey, for a hockey jersey, you know. It's going to be, like, contrasting big time with the white, and that's going to be a bit weird. But look at that jersey. Look at the logo, all right? I have V for that logo, okay? Because the D star, that's classic. What the fuck is that Texas? The Texas uh, outline that they have. It just it feels so out of place. It feels oh, like yeah, that's ugly too. Off centered. It's like it's off centered. First of all, I uh, you know I I don't care much for Texas as a state as a whole. It looks like a state uh, a steak. It looks like a steak. It looks like they fucking put a steak behind the D logo. <laughs> and uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's it looks wrong. You know, frankly, uh, I think they would have done better uh, if they had omitted that Texas outline. But you know what? It adds to the aesthetic of. This this thing is straight from hell. Uh, it, it should not be. Uh, it should not be. Should not exist as a hockey jersey. But uh, really, I think that Texas outline is. Oh wow! I said cherry on top of the Sunday a few times now uh, on this episode already. But it is the cherry on top of the Sunday because uh, wow! It's I mean it's off center and everything. Like part of the part of the D is sticking out uh, in the bottom left from the outline, and it just looks all sorts of wrong. All sorts of wrong from the Dallas design team. But yeah, hey. But- Maybe that's all we love about it. I'm glad you brought that up because the outline of Texas is true. It's the worst part of the jersey for sure because the D star part doesn't fit inside of it. Like, Absolutely. I, it was like they're like, hmm, should we make the D star smaller so it fits inside Texas? Nah, because it was because Texas just it isn't shaped to have that D star thing inside of it. It's just it's just not how Texas is shaped. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. And this this looks like honestly like a last minute submission by a. a a graphic design student who was like, Oh, it doesn't fit, but it's uh, it's quirky. And that's our fun choice. Like, honestly, just you omit the Texas shape and it works. Like, I don't know if you want to have some sort of added outline. I don't know if there's some sort of Dallas, uh, is there's like a statue in there or something in that city or some sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking A landmark. Is there a landmark in Dallas that kind of is shaped in a way so that the D star logo could fit inside it. I don't know if there, I don't even know if there are any landmarks in Dallas, but I mean, this Texas outline seems like the, the worst possible, uh, worst possible choice. And, and yeah, you nailed it. It really does look like, uh, you know, it looks like something I would have made in grade seven. Uh, when I'm like, <laughs> our the class. assignment is, you know, uh, in our class or, or in computer class, you know, like make a Jersey and like, okay, let me just drag in the old logo. I'm going to make it all fucking neon, all right? Because that's my favorite color. Neon green, all right? We're going to turn it that. Uh, and uh, okay, 
you know, Dallas is in Texas. Let me just drag the Texas outline in. Oh, shit, I have two minutes left in class. Okay, you know what? It's not totally centered. The sizing isn't completely right. But fuck it, I'm submitting it right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, what was, let me see. I'm, I'm looking at different Dallas jerseys right now. And like, I like the, the regular one. I really one like the green. Yeah. I really like the regular green one. I thought it was like, that's one of my favorite home jerseys in the NHL. I like that, that color. But, uh, but a lot, it, it, the um the neon jersey pales in comparison to to the original home jerseys, I think. Oh yeah, truly. Well, it doesn't pale in comparison if you think about it. it really stands out. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Dallas, wow, they really went with neon green. I mean, when do we ever see neon on like a jersey on like an actual professional team's jersey? Uh, not often. Let me tell you that. And so, uh, yeah, this this will be interesting. I really I really can't wait until. They show up on the ice with these. Like, like yeah. imagine. Wow, you're a professional hockey player. All right, these are your jerseys for tonight. You made it to the NHL. This is what you're wearing tonight. Uh, this fucking mess with a steak with a giant steak on it. Um, it's, it's, just, it's one of the many things. It's, uh, it's one of the many things to look forward to for when the season starts. Yeah, that'll, that'll be fun to. We should maybe keep track who makes their NHL debut wearing this jersey because I mean, there's a decent chance it happened with someone. I'm trying to think of like recent. Uh, Dallas Stars draft pick. Maybe Ty Delandria will make his debut with that. Thomas Harley. Uh, those are their past two first round picks. So uh, yeah, maybe that'll be their welcome to the NHL is wearing these jerseys. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, what ha- what do we have here? Uh, looks like. Anyways, I'm, lo- I'm looking at different things. It looks like they kind of teased their jersey and like they they showed it was black, but there was no indication that it's neon green at all. Uh, so uh, yeah, this they they really sprung this neon on everybody. And uh, wow, I can't believe it. I can't believe this got through all the all the stages of testing. Think about it. Think about the number of people that this has to go through to become like an NHL official third jersey. Um, like it went through design and nobody vetoed it. It went through like the fucking owner. The owner looked at this and said, yeah, I like this. Uh, so uh, we got some funky tastes over there. Or in, maybe uh, the owner Texas. created it yeah. himself. Or maybe the owner created oh, it himself no. and was like, we are yeah, doing this and no one can say no. And maybe that's what happened. Or maybe the owner's like <laughs> nephew was like, put this, put this on your team. And then that's what happened. Yeah, that's probably more likely if you think about it. The owner probably fucking designed this on his computer uh, yeah. and then sent it to the design team, put it on a fucking jersey, make it neon green. So, uh, wow. Just, just truly, truly a work of art if you think about it. I mean, mm-hmm. isn't this a statement? This feels like a work of art. You know, it's making a statement. I don't know what the statement is, but it's making a statement. So, uh, yeah, I like it. You know what? I'm 180 degrees on it. I I now have a positive, like I have a positive impression of this this jersey now. Now yeah, that I like, talked about it, mm-hmm. I think I also have a positive impression, but that's more from laughing at it than actually liking it. So, uh, yeah, it's not like I have some sort of you know intense hate- hatred for it or anything. Like whatever, it'll be fun. It's fun. They tried something new, and I will definitely be tuning in. Hopefully, if we we get whatever games the Dallas Stars are wearing these for. Anyway, if that's enough for a graphic design talk today, we have somebody we would like to shout out. Former third overall pick who we once thought to have first line center potential, who once scored 30 goals in a season, and who now, by all accounts, has had three terrible seasons in a row with terrible defensive metrics and who doesn't score much either, Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, if he keeps up the level of play he's had for these past three seasons, will fit in perfectly with the Ottawa <laughs> Senators, arch rivals of the Montreal. I don't know if arch rival is too strong a word. Raw rival of the Montreal Canadiens, for sure. Uh, and I mean, to be totally honest, looking at the the depth on that team, 
He's probably going to be playing on the wing since, I mean, they don't have any good, you know, top six centers, but they do have a lot of centers. Uh, Chris Tierney, uh, Colin White will probably be playing center. Artem Anisimov can play center. Josh Norris, Logan Brown. Galchenyuk will probably be on the wing. And he'll have a chance to play in the top six, probably. Uh, people are saying like, oh, this is kind of like the Anthony Duclair, you know, he couldn't figure it out with any other team. But then as soon as he got a, uh, a big chance in Ottawa, he scored. This is not the same as Anthony Duclair. Because Anthony Duclair had been showing signs that entire time that he could score a lot if given the chance. And teams like Chicago, Columbus, Arizona that he would played on leading up to that never did. Except Arizona for like a brief stretch in his rookie season. Galchenyuk, meanwhile, he... he he was you know, playing in the top six in Arizona. He was playing next to Malkin in Pittsburgh. And he got going a bit with Minnesota in like the 14 games he played there. And that was nice. But overall, uh, he hasn't really shown that he's going to effectively be a, a really good top six winger. But I'm rooting for him anyway. And the fact that Ottawa is probably going to be one of the very worst, if not the worst team in the NHL again, uh, it makes it a lot easier to single out Galchenyuk and cheer for him, knowing that Ottawa is probably not a threat to Montreal's playoff hopes. Yeah, and that Duclair comparison, I mean, it's not even very friendly for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, if he does break out, uh, I mean, it's a one-year contract, right? So uh, Eugene Melnick probably won't sign him uh, the following season. So, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, Ottawa is, uh, is you know, yeah. So I do have a soft spot as well for Alex Dalchenyuk because, uh, you know, third overall pick, former have, gotta love it. And he's only 26, which is kind of wild because he feels like he's been here forever. But, uh, well, yeah, he's been here for the last eight years in the league. So, uh, But he's only 26. So, uh, you know, I, he's still got some gas in the tank. He's not totally washed. But, yeah, he's not very good. Uh, but, exactly, you said it. Ottawa's terrible. I have no qualms about cheering for individual players on the Ottawa Senators in particular. Because the Ottawa Senators suck. And so they don't have a chance of doing anything with the Habs. They don't, you know, maybe screwing around with their playoff chance of playing spoiler. That's the, that's the most they can do. They're not making the playoffs. They're not challenging for a playoff spot. So yeah, Ottawa sucks shit. So with team one team sucks shit, I have no problem. No problem whatsoever cheering for individual players, especially former Habs and especially third, third overall picks uh, of the Habs. So uh, yeah, Alex Galchenyuk, I wish you the best. Hope you have a nice rebound season and then uh, rejoin the Habs next season. You're talking, well, pro- probably not, to be totally honest. I okay. honestly, like, unless he has some sort of great resurgence, uh, I'm totally fine not having Galchenyuk come back to the Montreal Canadiens, considering how he's been playing for the past three years. Oh, yeah, I was just he's- kidding. Okay, okay. Uh, you mentioned how, like, uh, well, he's only 26, but I'm here, like, he's already 26. He feels like the kind of player who should be eternally 22, just because I've, I've already, I've always looked at him as, like, you know, the fresh faced, you know, rookie because he was like 18 or maybe just turned 19 when he started out in the nhl in the lockout shortened season so i just feel like he's always you know early 20s and then you know he's 26 they grow up so fast sniff sniff but uh yeah the sense are gonna be really bad and i think with all the additions detroit's made this offseason i think ottawa's the worst team in the nhl even with adding matt murray matt murray was really bad last season and i mean it'll probably be very hard to bounce back behind the Ottawa defense that, I mean, they downgraded. The Ottawa defense was so bad last season and they got even worse. They lost Ron Hainsey, who was their second best defenseman last season, probably. And they replaced him with Eric Goodbranson and Josh Brown. So I, I mentioned this, I think, a couple times. The right side is Nikita Zaitsev, Eric Goodbranson, and Josh Brown. That's absolutely terrible. They've got Shabbat, of course, is their big number one. And he's great. But then behind him, you know, on the left, Eric Brandstrom. Hopefully he can maybe break out. But who's to say? And you got Mike Riley, former Hab, 
Christian Wolanin and, you know, maybe Lassie Thompson will fight for a spot. I don't know. Uh, Christian Yaros, Maxim Lejoy, Artem Zub. So not that defense is absolutely terrible, even worse than it was last year. And I mean, the forwards, they added Dadanov, which is pretty good. But I mean, you know, for most of the season, they had Pajot when they lost him. So if you're looking at most of the season last year with Ottawa with Pajot, and then you, you know, replace him with Dadanov, like a slight upgrade, maybe. I don't know. But Ottawa's still really bad. They added Austin Watson, too. Not a good player. And uh, also had, you know, a, um, that, that, uh, with like a domestic violence case, I think. And he's still sticking around the NHL for some reason. I have no idea why. So, uh, yeah, Sens are not very good. Oh, yeah, no kidding. I mean, I didn't think it was possible to have a worse defense than like Winnipeg, uh, with, you know, Tucker Pullman. Uh, he's, he's the one guy that name just sticks out to me for some reason as, uh, he's still on the NHL. Okay. Um, so, uh, but yeah. You said it. Those names. I'm looking at it right now as well. That depth chart. Holy crap. I mean, that is like Eric Goodbranson right now on Cap Friendly. He's a, he's a top four defenseman. Goddamn. And Nikita Zaitsev is playing next to Thomas Shabbat. So, uh, you know, just all around, it's it's art. You know, where, okay, this is an episode where we have a couple of real art pieces here. Uh, we have the Dallas Stars jersey, Neon Green, and then the Ottawa Senators defense. Because uh, truly, truly remarkable. I mean, wow! They're gonna they're gonna waste Thomas Shabbat, um, playing next to God knows who. So yeah, best of luck, best of luck to everybody on that defense. Best of luck to all those Dallas Stars players that have to play in that horrible jersey. Uh, and uh, yeah, because you're working with some mm, chef's kiss. That's the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, probably what is my favorite piece of news, and what I'm most most excited to talk about this week, is the Canada Team Canada World Junior Selection Camp came out. And, of course, you know, that gives me a, a jolt of energy. You might remember from last year that I'm a big World Junior fan. And so I think we can talk about these players. I think that what was the number? 46 players on this selection camp. So, obviously, lots of cuts to make. I don't know how and when the cuts are going to be made. I think there's a good chance that, like, they're they're going to bring everyone to the Edmonton bubble, like, uh, like a, maybe a month in advance, quarantine for however long they have to, have their training camp. Uh, and like right ahead of the tournament, which is I think what they usually do. I don't know if they're gonna have to have like every single team having their training camp in the in the bubble. I don't know what the details of that are gonna be. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk about is Team Canada. Uh, do you have the roster, the the selection camp pulled up? Yes, I do. Okay, so it's looking like this year's forward group is going to be one of the best in a very long time. And there are going to be a lot of very hard cuts to make. So I'll read out the names for anyone who's interested. Adam Beckman, Maverick Bork. These are in alphabetical order by last name, by the way. Quinton Byfield, Graham Clark, Kirby Dock, Tyson Forster, Gage Gonsalves, Ridley Gregg, Dylan Holloway, Seth Jarvis, Peyton Krebs, Hendricks Lapierre, Connor McMichael, Dawson Mercer, Alex Newhook, Jacob Peltier, Cole Perfetti, Samuel Poulain, Jack Quinn, Jamison Rees, Cole Schwint, Xavier Simono. Ryan Suzuki, Philip Tomasino, Shane Wright, and Connor Zeri. So that's a lot of high talent, a lot of first-round talent. Some returning players also. Dawson Mercer was on the team last year. Connor McMichael, Quinton Byfield were both on the team last year. Uh, I think I might be missing one or two. Anyway, and Alexi Lafreniere might be joining the team also. The Rangers haven't decided one way or the or the other if they're going to release him to the juniors. So there are going to be a lot of very hard cuts to make and a lot of very deserving forwards who won't make the team uh who won't make the team. 
And one name I'm keeping an eye on in particular is Shane Wright, 2022 draft eligible, who's currently tearing up the OHL at like at McDavid levels. And he would be the first player since, uh, oh, not since McDavid, actually. Lafreniere did this too, where he made the he made the junior team two years out from his draft year. But Shane Wright would be the first since McDavid to be like uh, three years underage and make the world junior team. And I'm definitely keeping an eye on him and kind of rooting for him. Yeah, man, I'm looking at these ages and like, yeah, we've talked about it before. I like, yeah, this is our draft year this year, right? Like if we were NHL players doing draft this year, like, this kid was born in like fucking 2004. Uh, yep. So like, wow. Um, but I mean, yeah, this fourth, group is stacked and i think we talked about it uh you know when we did like because we don't know uh when the nhl is going to start so we might see some supersized uh rosters for the world juniors because teens don't uh, have way less of a problem loaning out these players because they don't know if they're going to be playing in the nhl and I, we've seen that we saw chicago has allowed kirby doc to join this roster and be part of this camp and so he'll probably he'll almost definitely be on the roster right he's a lock and so, I mean, we're looking at, yeah, this is, that's, that's probably the reason why this roster, is, this forward group is looking so good because the, NHL's, the NHL teams have less of a problem sending these guys out. And so, yeah, I mean, I have uh, my table here with all the players from camp. Uh, they, it also has, right, where these players were drafted, if they were drafted. And it's like, it's like a slew of just first-round talents uh, from mm-hmm. last year, from this year. And so, uh yeah, it's going to be a stack forward core for sure. Uh, I mean, a lot of these names, we've talked about them before. They were just drafted, right? And there's, you know, top 10 talents and whatnot and, and from years past too. So, uh, yeah, it's for Canada, this I think will definitely be their strength right now on the roster. It will be their forwards because they're just stacked top to bottom here. Speaking of Kirby Doc, uh, kind of a funny thing because obviously the NHL is still aiming to start January 1st. And apparently, the Blackhawks said, yeah, Kirby Dot, you can go play until January 1st, and then you're going to come join us in the NHL, which may, that's definitely a fair request for the Blackhawks to make. But if you're Team Canada, you're thinking, well, is it really worth it to have Kirby Dot on our team just for the round robin when we're definitely, it's not like we're going to be fighting to avoid relegation or anything. Uh, the Canada's in a pretty weak group this year with Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, and um and Germany I think is their group which is uh not exceptional at all and so they're pretty much guaranteed a top two spot so is it worth having Kirby Doc playing those games take up a roster spot and then leave right before the playoff round and then you can't you can't replace him with someone else uh so you'll be down one forward with Kirby Doc you take 13 forwards to begin with you'll be down to 12 without Kirby Doc what if you get a couple injuries to your forwards like is it worth it is it smart to take a player, even though it'll probably be one of your most important players, is it smart to take him with you just for the first four games and then be down a man in the medal round? Well, I think this this discussion we should be, it's probably to be had uh, at a later time because so much is up in the air right now when it comes to the NHL, right? We don't know, like January 1st, sure, that's their targeted date, but who knows when it's actually going to be, right? And I said it last week, I don't think it's likely that they start January 1st because that would imply training camp starts in like four weeks. Or five weeks or something like that. I don't think that's happening. So you know, uh, I think I think it's definitely a situation to monitor. I think that's what it is right now. Uh, I think if uh, they do manage to start on January first, the NHL does. Uh, I I don't think so. I don't think it's the right call to take Kirby Doc. Yes, he's super talented, but yeah, you said it. I mean, if you can't use him in the knockout stages, 
I mean, what use is he, right? Because Canada is almost definitely going to be in the play in the knockout rounds. So, I mean, yeah, if he if it's clear that he's going to be leaving you just in time for, you know, the playoffs, so to speak, or the knockout, I, I hate the term knockout for some reason, but yeah, for the playoffs, the medal round, uh, then don't for, yeah, for the medal round, don't take him. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just think it's a wait and see approach. I mean, he's in camp, he's in the selection camp. So that's the first step, right? And just see how the NHL goes. And I think, yeah, I just think that's the approach to take. I think that that'll probably be the approach for the Rangers uh, when deciding what to do with Lafreniere uh, and whether to release him to the team. And so, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a wait and see at this point. But if it does come out that the NHL is going to start, uh, you know, in, interfering with the World Junior medal round, then I don't think it's advisable to take him and 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 have him on the roster. Yeah. Um, so on to defensemen, which looks like it's still probably going to be a, a pretty strong group, or at least, yeah, I think probably it's fair to say, you know, compared to past team candidates, probably at least a little bit of above average, I would say, uh, headlined by Bowen Byram and Jamie Drysdale. Those are, uh, both returning players, both, they're going to be, you know, the, the two cornerstones, I guess you could say cornerstones for, for two weeks and the other names on the, on the selection camp list are Justin Barron, Lucas Cormier, Caden Gooley of the Montreal Canadiens, Thomas Harley, Damon Hunt, Caden Gorzak, Mason Millman, Ryan O'Rourke, Owen Power, Matthew Robertson, Braden Schneider, Donovan Sobrango, and Jordan Spence. So, um, well, t- to begin with, Caden Gooley, since we are a Habs podcast, I think there is a pretty good chance that he will be on this team probably playing on like the third pair behind the other left shots, Bowen Byram and, uh, and Thomas Harley, I assume we'll be playing ahead of him, but that, that'll always be fun to get to watch a, a Canadians prospect playing on the, on the world junior team for team Canada. Uh, we had it recently with uh, Nick Suzuki who had, was already acquired by the Habs at the time and Josh Brooke also before that Noah Juleson did. So that'll be fun to see. I hope he makes the team. Yeah. I mean, Nick Suzuki. Yeah. He, he had a, like a bomb ass world juniors, didn't he? Right, if I recall correctly, uh, uh, you, I think you do or... not recall correctly. I think he was actually pretty okay. underwhelming that tournament, and Habs fans were freaking out. Damn. But uh, obviously, you know that that whole team was pretty disappointing. That was the 2019 tournament where they remember Noah Dobson stick broke in the quarterfinals on that one timer, and then Finland went the other way and scored in the in the oh, quarterfinals. Yes. That was that year. Nick yes. Suzuki was I you know, that moment. similarly underwhelming, right. but uh, okay. Okay. it was just all right. All right. Uh, so yeah. Caden Gooley, you know, uh, so yeah, we, we both said we're both pretty low on the guy. Uh, you know, we don't think his offensive ceiling is that great and that you probably shouldn't draft for that uh, midway through the first round. Uh, so, uh, you know, fucking prove us wrong. Go for it. Show us something with your third pair of minutes. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'll be cheering for the guy. That's for sure. I mean, I'm not cheering against him. I'm not, I'm not wishing for him to fail, but I just don't think uh, he'll have a, I don't think he was the best pick is what it is. But, uh, you know. Uh, well, I'm excited to see, you know, because now uh, it'll probably be the first time we'll be able to see what did we really get uh, for our first round pick, you know, and uh, when he's facing off against some international competition. So uh, definitely a guy that I'll be following. You'll be following, too, uh, and see how he is. If he's total dog shit, then we'll have even more to complain about uh, heading into the new year. I've also definitely got my eye on. I'm always looking at these uh, these great players who are going to go very high in the draft in upcoming upcoming seasons. Owen Power is one of the names we brought up last week when we were trying to come up with our, our rhymes for the 2021 top prospects. Owen Power is another defenseman, 2021 eligible, and it looks like he is going to University of Michigan, according to NHL.com. 
I thought I saw that he played in the OHL or something last season. I guess maybe I'm misremembering that. But this is a, a six foot five defenseman, which first that'll get people intrigued right away. And oh, sorry, no, last year in the USHL with the Chicago Steel, he had was almost a point a game as a defenseman, forty points in forty five games as a uh, a seventeen year old for most of the season. So those are extremely impressive numbers from a defenseman who is also very tall. So it seems like the recipe for a very high draft pick and someone with a very good chance of making the world junior team as a, a draft eligible player. Yeah. And so you think him and Caden Gould will be battling it out for those for that third pairing spot uh, on the defense? Uh, who know? I guess I guess there's a chance. Uh, I mean, it's not like it's one or the other. Like there could be room for both of them. I think the way I look at the defense, Drysdale and Byram are locks. Thomas Harley is probably pretty close to a lock too. The other four names I have projected to fill out the roster are Caden Gooley, Braden Schneider, Caden Korzak. So that's two Cadens spelled differently, playing together on the bottom pair. And Owen Power I have as the number seven. But uh, that's just that's just kind of a guess. Justin Barron, of course, who I am not too high on, might have a better chance than I'm giving credit for to make the team. Who He was the Colorado first-round pick, 25th overall. And uh, Matthew Robertson, I'm also kind of a fan of. He was a Rangers second-rounder in 2019 he plays for the oil kings so uh those were pretty much my my last cuts when making my mock team but that's kind of how i see it playing out i mean if you have the list that you that you just named off that's a that's a decent decor i would say uh for team canada right mm-hmm. like uh pretty good pretty pretty good yeah it's five first rounders and one going to be first rounder plus a second rounder and they could have a full first rounders on defense corps if they took justin Barron on the on uh, my projected team instead of Caden Korzak, then they've got all first rounders with one projected first round player. Yeah, okay. That would be uh yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Okay. So uh moving on to the goalies, which uh I mean pretty underwhelming I must say. And so I would definitely yep. think that this is the uh weakness, the Achilles heel of Team Canada if there was one this year. And uh because uh there frankly, is. I do not recognize uh, any of these people you sent me this uh, you listed these goalies a couple days ago you sent you texted them to me I'm like I don't know who any of these guys are so I'm just gonna read off their names uh, in alphabetical order we have Brett Brochu, Dylan Garand, Taylor Gauthier, Tristan Lennox and Devin Levi so uh yeah five dudes is what I see all right so last year we said goaltending was going to be a weakness for Canada and on paper, it was. They had Joel Hofer, Nico Dawes, and Olivier Rodrigue. Uh, no no household names or anything like that. No Carter Hearts or anything like that. Uh, luckily for Canada, Joel Hofer got hot for a week. And he was fantastic as they won the gold medal. And that, that was great. But I don't think we can count on it happening again. That's one of the reasons why I have a very hard time. Like this, I know how great the forward core is and how like you know very good the defense is going to be. When you have Team USA with Spencer Knight and Team Russia with Yaroslav Askarov, and I mean, Team Finland probably has some great goalie too, and Team Sweden, I don't know. I feel like out of those big five, uh, Canada definitely has the worst goaltending situation. I can't think of names from Sweden and Finland off the top of my head, but I know they've got people. I know they got people. Dylan Garand was just a fourth rounder of the Rangers, third or fourth, I think fourth rounder of the Rangers, and he's probably got the inside track to being the starter. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background on two of the other names, because I only heard of three of these total. Taylor Gauthier just went undrafted two years in a row. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure he's like big, and I think that's it. Unless I'm remembering someone else got it mixed up. I think maybe he had pretty poor numbers on the WHL. Oh no, never. No, I was thinking of Tristan Lennox. Taylor Gauthier was a 9.17 in 50 games, which isn't terrible. Uh, he catches right, which is strange. Um, but he's been undrafted two years in a row. And Devin Levi is uh, the one I think I mentioned talking about the Florida Panthers because he was uh, their seventh round pick. And he comes from the same small suburb that I live in. And he's my age. I never, uh, I maybe I like walked past him at some point in the, I don't know, the, the rink or something. I never knew that I know I didn't know Nome or anything, but I'm rooting for him to make the team. Uh, but here's the thing, you know, you look at these names, and you look at Joel Hofer from last year, Nico Dawes, who was also pretty good in some round-robin games, it looks like this year it's going to be a longer shot that any one of these goalies can get hot and, you know, win a couple – when win, be, uh, you know, a really good – like a gold medal winning goalie because they show the stats every year on TSN. Like, oh, the team that wins a gold medal always has, like, one of the best two goalies in the tournament or something. And I just – I have a very hard time seeing that come to fruition this year with any one of these players just based on, you know, them. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, you're talking about a guy who uh, – yeah, just look at that. You have a fourth-round pick. You have a seventh-round pick. You've got, you've got a guy who's been undrafted twice in a row now. And you got a couple of guys who, you know, one is just big. And the other one, Brett Brochu, is, uh, I don't know what to think about him. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 an interesting bunch. I don't, yeah, the ceiling is lower than it was last year, I think. And so, I mean, you look at these names and you got to think the forward core has to just make up for this. Uh, I think there will be a deficiency. I think that you'll be able to see the deficiency in goaltending. Uh, you know, you never know, though. Hey, one of them could get hot. But I don't think that's very likely, and yeah, less likely than than you know other years because just the upside is not there with these five guys. Uh, so yeah, it, it'll just. I mean, I think Team Canada will just have to rely on their their super duper four core to really carry the load here. I don't think they can you know really rely on uh, yeah on a, one of their goalies stonewalling. I don't know someone in the knockout rounds like a U.S. or a Russia or Sweden. So you know it's uh well. We'll see. We'll see with this goalie core. And uh, at this point, we just have to hope someone gets hot because, you know, just them like on like playing like normally. I don't think they really, you know, hold a candle to any the other uh, the other prospects from other countries. So, yeah, I mean, these are just names, people. I just, you know, they're just dudes. So, yeah, no real blue trippers. So, uh, yeah, as I keep saying, the forward has to make up for it. And uh, I think we might be seeing some high-scoring games when it comes to, uh, well, more than usual for Team Canada because I just I think that's gonna have the, the way they're going to have to play given their goaltending situation. Yeah, looking at Team USA's uh, roster projection, they've got three goalies, I think, who would all be pretty much guaranteed to be the starter on Team Canada. Spencer Knight, of course, Dustin Wolf, and Drew Camesso. That's a very good group of three goalies to go into the tournament with. But, uh, but anyway, so for Team Canada, uh, last thing with this, would you like to hear my projected lineup that I made just for fun? All right, let's hear it. All right, so I'll be, I'll read these lines, uh, center, left wing, right wing. So we got Quinton Byfield, Connor McMichael, Dylan Cousins, Kirby Doc, Cole Perfetti, Seth Jarvis, Peyton Krebs, Jacob Peltier, Jack Quinn, Philip Tomasino, Alex Newhook, and Dawson Mercer. And I've got Samuel Poulain as the 13th forward. Okay, I mean, you just listen in like that, and uh, I mean, pretty fucking stacked roster, right? Uh, uh-huh. Just basically, 
right, I recognize fucking everybody. These are uh, just those are all first round prospects. Picks. A lot of them. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. to have thirteen guys like that—that is—that's uh, absurd. Did you yeah. did you cut Shane Wright in the end? I did cut Shane Wright in the end. It was very painful. Okay. All right. Well, he he's got many years ahead of him. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I also cut. I had to cut guys like I cut Hendrix Lapierre. I had to cut Dylan Holloway. I had to cut Maverick Bork. Uh, yeah, Jamison Reese. I had to cut. And Ryan Suzuki. I had to cut. Yeah, not Connor Zary. Look at all these great players who aren't gonna make the team. Uh, either like all those six make it or six I just named won't make it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is a supersized core. I mean, if the, if if the roster sizes were eighteen, then Canada would fucking sweep everybody. Uh, but uh, alas. Got some cuts to make, and uh, happy I'm not the one to do so because uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, there will definitely be some snubs uh, when 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 the list comes out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or maybe maybe not even snubs, but there will definitely be a lot of players, like great players, who get cut. So, all right. Um, I think maybe it is time for this week's trivia segment. Are you Wait, ready? Sec. Because oh yeah, there was one piece of news. That I uh, I forgot, but it, it relates. It's kind of topical. It's a nice smooth smooth transition, I would say. Okay, okay. Uh, because we're talking about junior players and uh, some interesting news coming out of Ontario. Oh, the OHL, uh, yeah. The OHL, right? So, uh, so the OHL right now they don't really know what they're doing in terms of the coming season, but they've got a date planned and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And so, you know, they obviously have to talk with the government to figure out the sort of protocols and the the minister that they're dealing with. Her recommendation was that there is no body checking in the OHL this year. And I mean, it's a proposal that they seem to be taking seriously. It's, they haven't made any decisions yet, but I mean, it's a real possibility at this point that we'll be looking at some non-contact hockey in the OHL this season, which frankly is uh, is wild. Yeah, <laughs> so this, this, is, this is an absurd proposal. And here's the thing. I don't want to get the two things I'm about to say mixed up because, first of all, this is obviously trying to limit the spread of COVID. This will do nothing to limit the spread of COVID. And Scott Mayfield of the New York Islanders pointed out that, if anything, it's going to make it worse because without hits, there'll be longer puck battles in the corner, you know, people closer together for longer areas of time. Oh, sorry, longer lengths of time. So if anything, it'll make it worse. And, you know, face-offs. and pe- They're breathing heavily in each other's faces all the time. Body body checks, hits, won't do anything. Locker rooms. Locker rooms. Yeah, it's going to be a negligible difference if it's not even worse than a normal. So this to limit the spread of COVID, this will this is a bad idea. But for the I don't like what I don't like people doing is I think like John Scott did this. He said like, oh, it's not real hockey without hits. That's not true. That's not true. You don't need hits to have a great hockey game. And I would argue, actually, that it would be it could be more entertaining to watch hockey without hits and where physical contact is limited. Imagine like, you know, Connor McDavid when he was in the OHL playing where you weren't allowed to hit. It would have been absolutely ridiculous. And there are obviously still elite talents in the OHL that are going to be able to fly around everyone. So it could be a lot of fun to watch if they ended up following through with this. But uh, if this does get greenlit, and no more hits in the OHL, then I think a lot of players, especially draft-eligible players, might say, yeah, no, I'm not playing here. Especially, you know, the big, tough, mean defenseman who, whose calling card is that they're physical will see if they won't be able to go to the WHL or the QMJHL because the um, 
the OHL team that they belong to owns their CHL rights, but they could uh, go off to a European league and play over there. So I think we might see a lot of that, even and maybe any player who just wants to be like, no, I want to be evaluated playing actual hockey that's similar to you know the NHL somewhat. So might go off to Europe that way. So I think this is ridiculous. And to be honest, I don't think it's actually going to end up happening. I just think this was like, uh, who was, what's her name? Lisa McLeod having uh, this this idea. And I mean, based on the idea, like kind of looks like she doesn't have such a a firm understanding of how close hockey players actually get to each other during the game. Yeah, it doesn't seem she has an understanding of anything, really, Uh, you know, of hockey, of COVID. um, So, you know, a bit of a clown proposal, but, you know, there's there's some things to consider here. Uh, Entertainment wise, I think absolutely I agree. Uh, It would be uh, lots of fun. No hitting. Um, Sign me up. But, uh, you know, COVID-wise, yeah, you said it. I mean, fuck, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, if you think about it, uh, it's just, it's a small amount of time, like time-wise. And there's just so many other instances. Like, everybody's fucking sitting on the bench together. uh, And everybody's indoors and all that. So, uh, yeah, it's just, I I think the the benefits are negligible of COVID-wise. And... Prospect wise, yeah, I think I think if they do implement this, which yeah, I agree, is unlikely at this point. Uh, I think there will be an exodus of prospects because, frankly, I don't think it's very good for prospects' development if they want to head into the NHL. I think it's better for hockey if they really try to minimize the hits, but for a player try to make it into the current day in NHL, I don't think it's smart to play in a league where there's no hitting because yeah, we've seen like lots of players whose knock is you know they don't have the physicality, they need to build their strength. And, uh, I mean, if you're playing in a league with no hitting, it doesn't really present you with the opportunity to that. Obviously, you can work in the weight room and whatnot. But, you know, you need to, you need to, you know, go off for a test drive at one point, right, in a real hockey game with uh, the physicality. And so, yeah, I, do, I, do I believe that physicality is overrated in the NHL and prospect uh, analysis circles? Absolutely, I do. But, I mean, it remains, uh, I think, a pretty important part of the game when, yeah, when considering player evaluation and the fact that the NHL is so physical right now. Uh, yeah, I just I don't think it's a very good idea uh, for prospect development or anything like that. If you were to take out hitting, and you know, but yeah, entertainment wise, fuck, I would I would probably watch a couple games. Why not see what it's like? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think I think it would be better. I think it would, personally it would be better for the game of hockey, right? If they kind of really tried to take out the hitting, uh, really focus on the speed and the skill, but a lot and take out the blue the, line, uh, the OHL, and take out the blue line. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. All right, are we ready for trivia now? Yeah, we are. Okay, the theme this week is trade protection. Players with some kind of trade protection in their contracts for the for the upcoming season. No trade clauses, no move clauses, modified no trades, modified no moves, all that stuff, all right? Okay, all right. What's the so format? We've got, How are we playing? All right, so we've got th- three parts. Part one has four questions. Part two has six questions. And part three has five questions. So that's 15 questions total this quiz, all right? Part one okay. right. is called, which one has protection? Part two is miscellaneous. And part three is team-specific questions. So I'm thinking we set the bar at about, I think we set it at 10. Because some of these questions are a little tricky. So I think we set the okay. bar at 10, the passing grade. All right. 10. 10's good. Let's go. All right. Two for three. All right. Yep. Yeah. So part one is called, which one has protection? Here's how it works. I'm going to name you three players, and you tell me which one of them has some kind of trade protection in their contract for the upcoming season. Simple enough. All uh, right. It seems like uh, we have a nice little multiple choice going. 
I should get. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Question one. Which one has protection? Nathan McKinnon, Jack Eichel, or Johnny Gaudreau? So, uh, we have three players. Uh, I mean, McKinnon has that notoriously, uh, you know, cheap contract. Does he have a no move with it? Uh, I don't think so. Who's there was Johnny Gaudreau and who's the second guy again? Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel. Okay. So are we talking about like any sort of trade protection? Any sort of trade protection. Wait, I don't think Nathan McKinnon has. I don't even know if Jack Eichel is eligible for uh, no trade uh, or no move on his contract since he was like an RFA when he signed it. And I'm not too sure about that. So logically, my mind goes to Johnny Gaudreau because like he's, yeah, he's on his country. He's he's past his first contract, second contract. And so, uh, yeah. I would I would certainly believe it if they tacked on some some trade protection. So that'll be I think that's that's what it is. And my gut is telling me uh, Eichel is ineligible. Uh, McKinnon probably got ripped off on all fronts when it comes to that contract. And so I will guess Johnny Gaudreau. You are incorrect. Johnny Gaudreau oh, does man. not have any trade protection this season. Nathan McKinnon, starting this upcoming season, has a modified no trade clause where he can submit a 19 team trade list. So okay. you're 0 for 1 right now. All right. Question Sucks. 2. Which one has protection? Noah Hannafin, Dylan DeMello, or Nick Jensen? Oh, my God. So we went from, like, three studs to three scrubs, um, yep. which is that's fun. Okay. So uh, let's see. We have Dylan DeMello, who I believe is – is he on the Sens or on the Jets? He um, just signed and- a contract with the Winnipeg Jets. Okay. All right. He just signed it. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, who are the other two guys? Noah Hannafin and Nick Jensen. Okay. So similar to Eichel, I don't think Hannafin has protection because I think he's too young. Uh, and Nick Jensen. Fuck, why would anybody give Nick fucking Jensen any sort of protection uh, beyond me? I mean, what? Nick Jensen? Who does he even fucking play for? Nick uh, Jensen plays for the Washington Capitals. Okay. Yeah, I I don't... What? Is this like a trap where, like, the guy I've never heard of, uh, like, or, well, I've heard of Nick Jensen. It's just he's so... Such a small name. He has trade protection somehow? Or are you playing me the other way, and it's that... It's the other guy, Dylan DeMello. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, Winnipeg just signed him, eh? Dylan. Yeah, I don't think fucking anybody would think Nick Jensen would be a guy to give any sort of trade protection to. Uh, that makes no sense whatsoever. If Dylan DeMello just got paid, I think it's possible that Winnipeg, they're desperate. Maybe they caved. So I'll say, uh, new Winnipeg Jet, Dylan DeMello. Final answer. You are correct, Dylan DeMello. This upcoming okay. season has a modified no trade with a six team no trade list. Uh, I just threw Nick Jensen in there. I was like, hmm, I want to put another scrub. And Nick Jensen seemed like the ideal scrub. So okay, You almost got me. You almost got me with that I one. I almost got, got you. Yep. All right. Oh, Number three, okay. we got some Finnish, Finnish star players. Alexander okay. Barkov, Miko Rantanen, and Sebastian Ajo. Which one has protection? Ooh. Okay. So we just saw, uh, much to my demise, that Nathan McKinnon has trade protection 
So, uh, and then Miko Rentinen, he signed a relatively recent contract, I'm pretty sure. Uh, who are the other guys again? Barkov, Rantanen, and Aho. Barkov, okay. But Rantanen's pretty young, so I don't even know if he's eligible. Like, what's the rules on eligibility for, for these things? I had, Do I get to know? I don't, I didn't, I have no idea. I didn't even think of rules of eligibility. I thought anyone after their ELC was eligible, but I don't know. Maybe, I guess now no, you I mentioned think, it, I, maybe not. No, I think you need to be past your RFA years or something to get some sort of protection. Uh, but there, oh. there definitely isn't an age limit for that. Yeah, um, but you you can sign a contract. Like if you're coming off your ELC, you can sign a contract where like at the in your first year of UFA eligibility, then a clause kicks in. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but not before. So that's interesting. So maybe I can just like logic out based on ages. Um, let me think. Ranton is pretty young, right? Uh, he was drafted pretty recently. Uh, who was the other guy? Aho is pretty young too. Barkov is not like he's. Oof, I I don't know how old Alex Barkov is. Oh my god, that's so weird. He's like one of those ages people. Like I don't know what age he is. Like he might be like twenty four. He might be like twenty eight. And I would believe either one of them. Um, Aho is I don't know like twenty two. So uh, twenty three. And so you know, just I I think I'll just pick the oldest guy. Who I think is the oldest guy. I think it's Alex Barkov. Uh, final answer, Alex Barkov. You are correct. It is Alexander Ooh, Barkov. Nice. And he's 25 years old. You know, if I had okay. thought of this, like, I didn't even consider ages at all. Like, if I had thought of that rule, might have made some of these, might have made that question a little harder. But whatever. I don't think it really impacts the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the quiz that much. Um, okay. Number four, last one for part one. Which one has protection? Ryan O'Reilly, Nick Schmaltz, or Thomas Hurdle? Bruh, okay. All right. This feels like your classic trap question. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly is clearly the best player. And, and like, Nick Schmaltz. And who's the third guy? Thomas Hurdle. Thomas Hurdle. This feels like a tr- classic, classic trap question. So, because, like, one guy is so clearly better than the others that I'm just... No. Uh, so, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be bold. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take... Uh, Ryan O'Reilly off my pick list. So now the real question is: is it Nick Schmaltz or is it Thomas Hurdle? Um, I mean, didn't did Nick Schmaltz recently sign an extension? Thomas Hurdle, you know, I get better Nick Schmaltz vibes. To be totally honest, they probably they gave him a contract recently. I'm pretty sure they must have shoved him somewhere. My final answer is Nick Schmaltz. The answer is Thomas Hurdle. Hurdle Ooh, has a modified ouch. no trade. Where he submits a three-team trade list, so there's a lot of protection in that for for Thomas Hurdle. Yeah, he's got some pretty good protection there on that on that deal. All right, so okay. you were two for right. four in part one. Time to move on to part two. Miscellaneous questions. Okay. This this one's fun. All right, this section six questions in in here. Question one of section two: The Nashville Predators and the Philadelphia Flyers are the only two teams with exactly two players with trade protection. Name both players on one of these teams. Name both players on one of them. So I have to pick one of either Nashville or Philly, and then name both players. I can't do one and one. Is that the deal? Right. you got to pick one of the teams and name both of the players with trade protection on that team. Jesus. Okay. So, I don't know. Philly's pretty old. So, you know, uh, I think Claude Giroux has probably uh, some protection. Um, Who are their candidates? So usually, typically, it's the big free agents that uh, get the protection. So 
or just the big players. So maybe Voracek has some. Um, I think Provorov signed a pretty big deal, but he's young, so I don't know. No, 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 I don't think. I don't think it's Provorov, actually. Uh, Voracek is a good one. I think Giroud might be one. Kevin Hayes is also one, where he's like, he got paid a shit ton, and like I would not be surprised if they gave him like some sort of trade protection. Um, so those are the three that might be it. So I have to pick two of those, or I think the Nashville, you know, and you have guys like did Matt Duchesne, he got a fat load. Um, <laughs> Roman Yossi probably did, and uh, who else? I don't know. Ryan Ellis. Ryan Johansson, maybe. Oh, my God. You know what? There are so many guys on Nashville where they're old and lots of money. I'm going to go to Philly. So my three guys right now are, who was it again? It was Giroux, Voracek, and Kevin Hayes. Okay. Oh, my God. This is such a tough call. This is such a tough call. Oh, my God. All right. Who am I going to take out? Because, yeah, I feel like Hayes got protection. Like, I, I really do think because he had such a big contract coming out of UFA. That they must have. So I'm going to say Kevin Hayes is one of them. And Giroud or Voracek? Ooh. I think I, I just think Giroud is more likely. So I'm going to say... Whew, okay. Oh my god. It's it's probably Voracek. But hey. Whatever. Giroud. Uh, Claude Giroud and Kevin Hayes. Final answer. Let's go. Nailed it. Two for two. Oh! You got th- Hell yes! Let's go. They, they both got full no moves. And, and no one else on the Ooh. team has any protection. Okay. All right. What about what about Nashville? Who's the two guys on Nashville? The two guys on Nashville are Roman Yossi and Pecorine. Oh, oof. Okay, Pecorine. Right. I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Nice. No, Next no question. Day. That's interesting. Yeah. Next question. There are two players across the league with trade oh protection for the upcoming season who did not play a game this past season. Who are they? Holy crap. Okay. That's a lot. That is that is a lot to think about. Um, who did not play a single game? So they're total scrubs. What? That's such a two guys, two across the league who didn't play. Not even just an NHL game. They didn't play any hockey games. Wait, NHL or AHL? AHL count? What's the, what's the deal here? Yeah, no NHL games, no AHL, no anything games. Okay, so I guess they were injured. Um, all season who would that be who was injured to shit probably old as heck i mean were they on ltir i guess Yeesh. i mean this is this is this is interesting um man that's this is such a funky question i don't mm. i'll give you one more minute blatantly obvious okay one more minute it's like it's gonna be so obvious, but I'm just for some reason my brain is on the might right right mindset to try to like think of who was injured to heck, or are they just really bad? I can't tell. I can't tell if they're just scratched for 82 games straight, even though I think that's unlikely. Um, oh my god, there's probably someone on the Oilers. I mean, okay. All right, he's got the Jeopardy music playing. Sounds like I'm done, and I've got no names. All right. Okay. Oh, oh, I did the second verse. I did the key change. Okay. All right. Okay. Second, second verse. Here we go. Second verse isn't helping me at all. Rough. Retardando. 
Nothing. Well, if you look at my answer board, it says "Who is?" question mark. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got nothing. Please. All right. Uh, the answers are of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Brandon Dubinsky, and of the Anaheim Ducks, Ryan Kessler. Okay. Did you really realistically expect me to get both of those guys? Like Brandon Dubinsky? Yes, I did. Maybe I. You maybe expected I expected too much of you. Brandon Dubinsky. Okay. Sorry. All right. Okay. Ouch. Next question. Here, this one. This one's more fun. Maybe you'll like this one better. There are four players across the league with trade protection, whose last names are Smith. Name three of them. Okay. All right. Um, named Smith. Smith. That's okay. So I gotta. I gotta calm down here, because this is a fun question, and I gotta. I gotta like who. Okay. So, I would imagine, I think the best Smith right now is Riley Smith. And so, I would think that he has one. Um, does he have any brothers? We have Mike Smith. Did he get trade protection? I mean, did the, <laughs> did the Oilers give Mike Smith trade protection? That would be really fucking funny. Um, okay, so that's, that's a name I've got in my back pocket. I have Mike Smith. I have Riley Smith, and let me think. What other Smiths are there? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we yeah, just a uh, lot of the Smith is a big name. Smith is a big <laughs> fucking name, and I probably have two of them because those are probably the two best known Smiths, unless I'm missing. Uh, a notable Smith. Oh, I keep saying Smith. Smith, Smith, Smith. Smith, Smith, uh, Smith. Smith, Smith, Smith. Man. Uh, I don't know. Who's the third guy? I mean, there is this quiz too hard? I, maybe. Because, like, <laughs> I don't think about trade protection enough. You feel? Um, I never think about trade protection. Exactly. So, like, except when thinking or of do I even make the theme of the quiz. Exactly. So, I mean, there's Brendan Smith. That sounds like a a decent. That's like that's that sounds like a guy, right? Um, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Brendan Smith sounds like a pretty. That's like yeah, sounds very NHL namey. Um, and you have so, three yeah. names now. I have three names. Are they the right three names? Is the real you said there were four guys named Smith with a note with the trade protection? Yes, then you have to name three of them. So given that I'm having such a hard time thinking of like more Smiths, I would think that like Riley Smith and Mike Smith at the very least have trade protection. So I will lock both of those in. And you know what? I really can't think of any Smiths. So Brendan Smith. It sounds very NHL like. I will go with that. Those are my three names: Mike Smith, Riley Smith, Brendan Smith. Let's go. Mike Smith, Riley Smith, and Brendan Smith all have trade protection. You are. Correct. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay. All right. Who's the fourth guy? Who's the fourth? I can't believe there's a fourth. Smith with the with fourth guy is the fourth guy is Zach Smith of the Chicago Blackhawks has trade protection. Oh my god. And okay. funnily enough, 
uh, arguably the best Smith of them all, Craig Smith, does not have any trade protection in his new deal with the Bruins. Oh, that's true. Okay. Why did I forget uh, about Craig Smith? That's fun. He was just in the news. <laughs> he just got the contract because he yeah. was like the smart, he was like their smart contract, right? Like, that was like a nice yeah. signing for them. Um, uh, so, yeah. Okay. That served me well. Good for me. Uh, forgetting about one. Craig Smith. That's a real you shout out. Okay. All right. Okay. How Next many What's my, what's my ratio? You know uh, right, right, now. right now, you got four out of seven questions correct. So here okay. we go. Next question. Question four out of part two. So question eight overall. There are three players across the league with trade protection whose cap hits for the upcoming season are $1 million or less. And oh all of them all of them signed their deals during the month of October 2020. Name two of them. Oh, okay, so that's that's a big hint, right? But like... Under million dollar signings, I don't really think about them. So I mean, okay, a million or under, right. a million or under. So they have to be like pretty notable for them to get trade protection. I would imagine, right? Right? Oh man. Oh, oh, didn't did somebody from the Leafs? One of them old dudes. Uh, like, so like, okay, so I would maybe show Thorn Thornton. Uh. And who was the was the other guy again? Jason Spezza might have some trade protection. Uh, so I would, you know, I might just like stick with those two old guys. Okay, so yeah, now that I think about it, that's a pretty good one right there. Just stick with some Leafs uh, because they sound a bunch of old guys who would probably uh, ask for that trade protection. Um, oh, who's the other guy who got? Mm, I can't think. Uh, oh my god, I can't remember. Somebody who wanted to change where they wanted to go. Oh, never mind. That was Taylor Hall. So, yeah, he definitely didn't sign. So, okay. So, I think Thorne got it. I'm trying to debate. Maybe there are some other old guys. I don't know if Spezza got it. He might have. You know what? I'll just go with that. I'll say Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza. Two leaves. Joe Thornton got trade protection. Jason Spezza did not. So, I guess maybe I'll give you half credit for this question. I'll give you 0.5. The other two names are Patrick Maroon and Zach Bogosian of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So oh. you're on the right track thinking, I'll go with two Leafs. You just picked the wrong one. Oof, feels bad. Okay. Wow, they gave Bogosian pretty... Okay. I thought that was the least likely of the guy. Did I? Okay. All right. Sounds All good. Right. Did I say Bogosian's name in my thought process? I don't think you did. I didn't hear it. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyway, All right. next question. Here we go. There are four teams across the NHL who have multiple goalies with trade protection. Name three oh, of the shit. teams. Okay. Whew. So, uh, right off the bat, I does Allen have trade protection? That's I don't think so. No, I didn't see anything about him waiving anything to get here. So that's that's gonna be a no for me. Um, yeah. So let's think. Who has some good goalies? Uh, we talked about Pekarene earlier. Uh, I think you said had some for Nashville. Does you say Saros have any? I think he's too young. I think he's too young. Maybe on his next contract. Really, there are four teams with multiple guys. I see. Okay. Um, yeah, and just thinking like who's got some elite goalies? Bobrovsky, I wouldn't call him elite, but he got an elite goalie contract. But I mean, eh. Uh I don't know who their backup is, so I highly doubt they have it. Carolina, okay, so tandem goaltenders, that's a good one too. Uh maybe no, but they did they just sign like Mrazic and Reimer? Uh possibly. Possibly, possibly. Uh, Edmonton. Ooh, that's a good one. I think so. Yeah, Edmonton. Edmonton's almost definitely one of them, I think. 
uh, Smith and Koskinen. Very Koskinen seems like a guy. Yeah, I think I saw that right. Like uh, when they resigned him, it was like, wow, they really gave him a no. Uh, gave him some sort of trade protection. So uh, that's that. I think Vegas Vegas has one right because they're asking Flurry uh, to waive stuff from what I saw. So uh, the definitely's right now are Vegas and Edmonton. I would say maybe Carolina. Uh, I think da- Ooh, Dallas. That's a good one because they just they just signed uh, Hudobin uh, to a new contract and Bishop is under a big one. Okay, you know what? I think I found my three. I'm gonna ditch uh, Carolina because I don't think Razak and Reimer both have trade protection. That would be completely absurd. So my three teams are so I have Vegas, I have Edmonton, and I have who was I just talking about? Uh, holy shit! Wow, my memory is just oh yeah, Dallas. Dallas. Okay, that's it. That's my. Those are my three. You are correct. You got all three. Way nice. to go. Who's the fourth team that you're missing is the San Jose Sharks. Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik both have some protection. Ooh, disgusting. All right. Okay. All right. Last question of part two. This is a pretty long quiz, actually. Anyway, the Ottawa Senators are the only team that has exactly one player with trade protection. Who is that player? Hell yeah. Who is that player? Oh, okay. So there's really only a, there's a very limited number of guys who this could be. Uh, so you know it, it. Okay, so I think I think either Dadanov who just signed this contract. Um, that that might be it for the forwards. Honestly, I don't think uh, what's his name, uh, Kachuk. I don't think he has any trade protection. He's too young for that. Uh, Shabbat might have some. Who else? Saitsev. Maybe uh, Matt Murray. No, I don't think so. No, no, no. I he. Ooh, no, I don't think so for that one. Just because he went to Ottawa in the first place. Uh, so uh, three guys. I have Zaitsev, Shabbat, and Dadanov. Okay, there's like uh. So I'm pretty like. Does Dadanov wave his? No, I don't think it's uh, not Dadanov. I don't think it's Zaitsev. Uh, I think. I think Shabbat is too young. Did I see anything with Dadanov on like that was just on the news though? Huh. I didn't see anything when it came to trade protection. Maybe it is Zaitsev. That's weird. Would the Leafs give him trade protection? Oh my god. This is okay, so I'm weighing between Dadanov and Zaitsev. Dadanov, Zaitsev, Dadanov, Zaitsev. How old is Zaitsev? Hmm. You know what? I don't know. Okay, I'll say Dadanov, you know, because I think, yeah, Zaitsev's been traded already. Dadanov. Incorrect. The correct answer is oh. Nikita Zaitsev. Oh, man. I was so close. Goddamn. Okay. Yes, you certainly All right. were. All right, so at the end of part two, so you're two-thirds of the way through the through the quiz, you have uh, one, two, three, four, five and a half out of ten, if I counted correctly. Uh, yes, I did. Five and a half out of ten. Okay, so if you're going to get the threshold of ten, then you've got to get four and a half points in the next uh, five questions, which is very Jesus. difficult. Okay. And here's the Let's thing, is this last section is designed so there are no half points available. It's all or nothing for all of them. So you've got to nail every okay. single one of these questions. Of course. And, of and course this, last, okay. this last section yeah. is is team specific so here's how it works i'll give you a team and tell you how many players on the team have trade protection 
And I'll tell you how many you need to guess correctly to get credit for the question. So, for example, if I say, like, there are five players with protection on the Montreal Maroons, and you have to guess three of them, you'll name five players, and I'll tell you if you got at least three correct names. Okay, I see how it is. So, okay, so I named the number that there are, and I have to hit the threshold on that number. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, so... I think I got it. I think I think I got it. All right, let's. I'm feeling it. Let's go. Okay, I'm number one. This should, number one. This should kind of be a layup. No pressure, but it should kind of be pretty easy. Oof. Name two of the three players with trade protection on the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, okay. Well, I I have my two fucking guys. So uh, Koskinen and Smith. Yep. And uh, there you go. You got guy. it. Yeah, well, I'm not even gonna try for the third guy. Who? Tell me who it is. Third guy's Chris Russell, but uh, that's why it's an easy question is because uh, you already knew the goalies. Okay. okay. Next up, name seven of oh, the ten God. players on Toronto with trade protection. Oh, oh what a catastrophe. Okay. Se- they have ten players with trade Okay. Okay. All right. Let's get, let's get to work. So we have two of them. We have our boy, Jay, Zach Bogosian. We have uh, Joel Thornton. Uh, so that's nice. So that's two. Uh, I would imagine Tavares got uh, some sort of protection. So that's three. Um, okay. Now, now, now it's where it starts to get hard. Uh, who on the four? I don't think Matthews has one. I think it's too young. I don't think uh, Marner has one yet. I think it's too young. I don't think Nylander has one yet. I think it's too young. Uh, really, I don't, I don't know who else on the four. Go Wood. Ooh, another old guy. Maybe Wayne Simmons. That's fun. Uh, so, you know, let's, let's, let's tack on Wayne Simmons. Uh, onto the old guy train it really doesn't hurt to uh they typically give them out like candy to the old guys so why not um i think freddie anderson has trade protection that's five i need five more players that is okay i think morgan riley has trade protection he's old enough uh so that's six man who else um i think jake muzzin has trade protection so that's seven um three more players okay who do we have like who's left i just kind of named everybody took out all the young guys and uh that's it so uh you know i really struggle to think who even is left on the team uh there's mikhaev no i don't think so uh maybe kerfoot maybe maybe kerfoot is he still young i don't think so maybe he does i'll add kerfoot to the list um oh they just signed tj brody he could be a guy. Um, so I'll add him to the list because, yeah, I'm really at the bottom of the barrel here, just kind of trying to scrape somebody. Um, so I hope, I, I think, you know, I think I've got enough at least. Uh, and my 10th guy, I don't know. Who would I go for? It's not Spezza. We've established that before. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know who's on the fucking team anymore. So, uh, you know, why not? I'll say Jack Campbell. Um, okay. All right. That's 10. You got eight correct, so you passed. Uh, you missed. Uh, well, Kerfoot and Campbell do not have trade protection. Zach Hyman okay. and Justin Hall do have trade protection. So, oh. all right, Justin Hall. Eh? That's fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. Three more. Three more. All right. We're, we're okay. doing well. We're doing well. Name right. six. Good. Name six oh of God. the nine players oh, on Vancouver with trade protection. Okay. So you know what? I think I might like the bigger ones better because I don't have to think. I just need to like kind of throw them out so um yeah part of why i i I, i'm pretty sure i know a bunch of them it's just like the shitty contracts a lot of them have no moves or no trades so uh let me think 
I'm pretty sure like the trio, like the the notorious trio, we have uh we have Ericsson, we have Roussel, we have Jay Beagle. So shout out to those three. I'm gonna say those three. Uh, mm, I think Corvat is is maybe a year too young before. Maybe he has trade protection, but it kicks in next year. I really don't think he does. I think Besser's too young. I think Patterson's too young. Uh, so let's look at their defense. Who? Uh, oh, um, Tyler Myers. Uh, another one of those terrible contracts. I'll add him to the list. Uh, sorry, what was the threshold? Six on eight? Six on nine. Six on nine. Okay, so I'm at four. Uh, I, I'm pretty confident in these four, actually. Um, yeah. Ooh, any other? Because I know all their bad contracts. Like part of why they're so hard to move is they also have like trade protection. So, um, hmm, that's four. Let me think. Who else is on this team? I mean, Nate Schmidt, maybe, but he was just traded. Uh, maybe maybe we'll save that for later. Uh, Demko's too young. Holtby, maybe. Um, uh, I don't know. Quinn Hughes is too young. Oh, I can't. I don't think they gave some to Jordy Ben. I really doubt it. That would be terrible. That would just be um, Vertanen. I think he's too young because Vertanen's younger than you think. I've I remember seeing that. I was like, holy shit, he's only like twenty five. Ah, damn. So uh, I think the cutoff is like twenty six. I'm gonna like keep it twenty six and under. Uh, twenty six and over. You have to protect twenty five and under. I think it's a scratch. So I'm gonna. Scratch, uh, Vertanen. So I have four guys. I'm kind of sitting on four. Uh, and I mean, sure. Uh, other guys, uh, Tanner Pearson. I'll add him to the list. That's five. And uh, I mean, I don't know who else I would add. So I guess I'll add Nate Schmidt. I'll just assume maybe he had a modified one. So that's six. Um, did they give Hol- Oh, man. Did they give Holby on his new contract? I don't think so. But I don't think there's anybody else. Um, uh, I think there's one more bad contract that I'm missing. But you know what? I'll add Holpe because I'm just running out of names at this point. So that's at seven, right? I've named seven people. Uh, yeah. So, so two more. Two more. Ah, uh, seven. So if I stop here, oh, JT Miller. JT Miller. Uh, I'm adding JT Miller to that one. Although he was traded from Tampa. Ooh, maybe he would nix that. Uh, no, nah, screw it. I'll say JT Miller. And the last guy who I will name is... Uh... Did I say Holtby yet? Yes, you did. No, I, I did say Holtby? Okay. Yeah, you named so... Holtby. So one more guy on the Vancouver Canucks who's over 26 or 20, 26 and over and potentially has a bad contract. Oh, I don't... Like, Michael Furland? <laughs> He was so injured, though. and Yeah, but they gave him a nice gun. Yeah, screw it. I'll add his name in there. Michael Furlan. Let's go. That's it. I can't really think of anybody else. That's my nine. You got seven out of nine. Correct. Woo! Congratulations. Who did I get wrong? Uh, who did you get wrong? JT Miller and Tanner Pearson do not have trade protection. So Furlan okay. does. So Michael Erickson does? does. Yep, Michael Furlan does. So do Erickson, Beagle, Roussel, Myers, Holtby, and Schmidt. You missed Brandon Sutter and Alexander Edler. Okay, Brandon Sutter was the guy who I missed, who I was thinking of. Ah, they really did give whole piece of protection. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I'm kind of spread. Yeah, he had like a 10 team no trade list. Yep, you're doing pretty well. All right. You got two more questions left. All right. Penultimate one. Nine Mm. of the 10 players on Tampa Bay. Oh, no. With trade protection. 
Nine for ten? That is that's Tampa unfair. Bay. That is unfair. It's okay. Tampa Bay. All right. Fine. Fine. Okay. Let's let's just name their big players. I think Kucherov has no uh, protection. I think Stamkos has protection. I think Point is too young. Uh okay, now uh oh oh Johnson has one because they he had a no trade clause, but he didn't have a no move clause. That's why they were able to put him on waivers. Um okay, so that's three off the bat. Patrick Maroon. We just talked about Patrick Maroon. That's four. He just resigned. Victor Hedman. That's five. Uh, mm, I'm thinking about Vasilevsky. I don't know. I don't know about Vasilevsky. Uh, is he too young? I think he's too young. Maybe I'll throw him in there if I run out of people. Uh, okay. So now, okay. So I named the obvious guys, I would think. That's five. Now we got to dig deep, uh, shall they say. I think uh, big contracts. I think Kalorn. I think he probably got something in there. That's six. Oh my god. Okay. Like the triplets line. Or uh whatever that was called. What's left of it? Man. Okay. Barkley Goodrow, no, he's super cheap and he would have been on that list of that game, because I remember he's under a million. So no. Um Palat. Palat Palat Gord. Mm, those two guys. I think Palat, yes. I think Palat definitely. Yanni Gord. Shit, didn't he just get a big contract? I don't, mm, I don't know. So I'll, I'll leave. Gord and Vasilevsky are like my last ditch picks. If I can think of anybody else. Okay, so let's let's move to defense. So I have seven guys now, right? Do I have seven? Uh, who you named Kucherov, Stamkos, yeah. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said Maroon. You said Hedman. You said Kalorn. And you okay. said Palat. That's seven. That's seven. Okay. All right. So my two mer- my two last guys, last cuts would be Gord and it would be Vasilevsky. So uh, let me think. I haven't really looked at like their defense. I don't know who's on their defense. They have Sergachev. I think he's too young. Um, oh, Ryan McDonough. I think that's a, that's a good candidate for a no move. So I will add Ryan McDonough to the list and uh, nobody else. Nobody else. I that's don't your 10? think. Uh, so you know what yeah i will add on vasilevsky i think he's just old enough and i will add in yanni gourd because i'm pretty sure he got a contract and i think he's over the age limit of 25 so yeah that's that those will be my 10 oh my god okay you let's, got let's exactly nine out of ten correct congratulations oh, okay. vasilevsky oh vasilevsky does not have protection yet Vasilevsky does not have protection yet. The name you're missing is Braden Coburn has a something. Huh. So okay, Braden Coburn, eh? That's fun. Um, yeah. So what All does right. Vasilevsky ever get free protection? Does he get it next year, or what's the? Deal? Yeah, Vasilevsky kicks in next year. His um his modified or his a uh, full no move actually. Oh okay. All right. So I just missed off a year on that one. Yeah. But Braden Coburn, eh? Okay, he's the guy I missed. But okay, I got nine out of ten. Right. I'm surprised. I am quite surprised. Here we go. All right, last, last question. question. Wow, I made it. All right, okay. I will warn you. This one is quite difficult, but I think we can do it. Thanks. Okay. All right. Name five out of five players on the Montreal Canadiens no. with trade protection. Oh, okay. All right. I was waiting for the house to show up. Here they okay. are. Okay. Five out of five. Five out of five. Mm. This is spicy as hell. Okay. All right. So what am I at right now, like points-wise? Uh, at- you're at... Nine and a half points on 14. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm going to be half a point short if I miss once. 
So that's yep. fun. Okay. All right. So let's go. Let's run them through. So, uh, Carey Price. There we go. That's one. Joel Edmondson, much to my great chagrin, has a modified no trade. Uh, Josh Anderson doesn't. I noticed that. I was like, that's that's good. I I think he might be too young, or something like that. I think that might be it. But I think he I think he doesn't start, or maybe he does. Oh my god. Uh, no, uh, I don't think he starts with one. Mm, no, I think he got one. Oh, I don't know. I think Josh Anderson will be my my last tag. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. But I will tag that on if I can't find anybody. Uh, Brendan Gallagher does. I think even from his old contract, he does. Because it's the last year, and usually they give them on the last year. Uh, so some sort of protection. So Price and Gallagher, maybe Anderson will tag that on later. We have Edmondson, who I've already named. So we have one or two guys. Oh, boy. Okay. Um... Okay, let's look at that. So the defense is pretty old. So, oh, there's a lot of guys who I could potentially see. There's Weber, there's Sherratt, and I don't think Kulak does, but I, yeah. So Weber, oh, Petrie too. Oh, I think Petrie for sure, actually, because he's on the last year of his deal this year, and then he's got that extension kicking in. So I think Petrie. So that's four. It's Okay, so now my guys are Anderson, Weber, or Sherratt. Oh, that's that's challenging. That is challenging, and I think... I'm pretty confident in my other four guys. So I think the quiz might come down to my selection of... Okay, now I really wish I had that Zaisev question right. Um, <laughs> that, now I'd be I wouldn't have to worry about this one. Okay, so Anderson, Weber, or Sherratt. I think I, I'm going to take down Anderson, actually. Now, I think the other two guys are much more likely because I think Anderson... He gets one later, but I don't think he starts automatically. I don't think he's. I think he, I think he might have a year because he is an RFA after all. He is an RFA. Oh, that's the thing. He just signed his RFA contract, so I don't think he's eligible for one. Um, so that's that. So now it's Weber or Sherratt. Whew. Yeah, I don't. I think yeah, because because Weber's been traded. Sherratt signed a UFA contract. Uh... It was it was the offer sheet right from Philadelphia. That's how Weber got his contract, but I don't think I don't think so. I don't know. He's been traded, and Sherratt signed a UFA deal. Those typically have them, especially for the older guys like Sherratt. So I think he got something, and he's not even on the first year. He's on the second. Okay, all right. I think based on the logic that's carried me, and I've had some pretty solid logic so far in this quiz. Um, it's been the age. It's been the type of contract. How they signed it. Uh, has been the guy been traded? It cost me on the Zaitsev one, but I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna say Shea Weber doesn't have one because he's been traded before. I'm gonna say Ben Sherrod is my fifth guy. Final answer. So name oh, all your five players again. Oh crap. Okay. So Carey Price. Um, I think I said Bre- yeah, Brendan Gallagher, Joel Edmondson, Jeff Petrie. Oh, Ben Sherratt. Okay. Oh my god. He seems so out of place, Ben Sherratt. But okay, I'll I'll leave it in there. Ben Sherratt. That's that's those are my five. Congratulations, you're a winner. Five for five. Oh my god. You nailed them. Are you kidding? Holy shit. Whew. You win. Winner. This is my second. Oh. Woo. Got the last five okay. in a row in part three. Fantastic. Yeah. I made it a bit too part long with quiz. Once again. Yeah. But okay. that's alright. That's alright. It was exciting. 
was exciting. That's what's important. Very exciting, yeah. Uh, Josh Anderson, as you, he has one year, the first year of his contract, no protection, and then something modified kicks in after that. Yeah, modified no trade oh, so kicks in year? after that. What? Like next year? Or when, when does it start? Josh, the first year of his new contract that he just signed, there's no protection. Yeah. And then. But when does the, the year, protection start? The protection starts in the 2021 22 season. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. All right. So he's only got one year of non protection, I guess. Right. So what? Yep. Hey, you hear that, Mark? You got one year to trade the guy uh, to any team you want. Okay. <laughs> Do it. All right. Um, it's okay. Whew. That, that, was, that was tight. That was... All right. Yep. Uh, long quiz again. It's been a while since I had a a, a, a somewhat marathon like this. So uh, yeah, we're at about an hour 40, a little over an hour 40 actually. Uh, and this is where we cut it off for today. Happy November, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week on November 8th when maybe my coffin will have signed or Sammy Vatnin or something because there's, you know, still still some stuff to go down this offseason, including when it's actually going to end. 